Hi again, everyone. I'm Matt Laughlin, along with Amanda Stein. Hello. Welcome to the latest installment of the official Devils podcast. And Amanda, the Devils made a lot of changes over the summer. Yep. And I think the one that kind of got under the radar, he wasn't the number one overall pick. He <laughs> wasn't the former Norris Trophy winner coming over from uh, Nashville and P.K. Subban. Jack Hughes, of course, number one. But it was Wayne Simmons. A Philadelphia Flyer. Yeah, <laughs> signing as a, uh, a free agent after he had a tough year last year between Philadelphia and Nashville. And the Devils grabbed him on a one-year contract. And, you know, he's the kind of guy that if you see from afar, you absolutely hate if you're a fan of a oh, team, yeah. because he'll just beat your guys up. My favorite thing is when I spoke to Miles Wood after the team signed Wayne Simmons, he said, whew, okay, this is good for me and for the team as well, because you know that they're two t- they're guys who rough it up and jaw back at each other. Now teammates, uh, Wayne Simmons is the type of guy everybody wants on their team. Absolutely. Quintessential power forward in so many ways, can score goals but goes to the dirty areas, not afraid to drop the mitts, and now he's a New Jersey Devil, and now he steps behind the microphone and joins us on our official Devils podcast. So, Wayne Simmons, welcome to the Devils podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're wearing a cap that says Scarborough Ute on it. Yeah. <laughs> Scarborough is where you call home yeah. in Ontario. Yeah, born, born and raised in Scarborough, Ontario. Tell us about the Scarborough Ute. Um, so, Ute would be, uh, it's Patois, Jamaican, so it's it's for youth. Mm-hmm. So, um yeah, no. One of my one of my my barber actually in Toronto. He um he made this company, and you know, obviously, he gave us some product, and you know, I I rep it to the fullest. You know, I am a Scarborough Ute. You know, <laughs> so um, you know, why not wear it? How instrumental was growing up in Scarborough to where you are now? I think it was huge for me. I think we, in Scarborough, you know, there's such a huge sense of community where um, you know, everyone looks after each other. Um, you know, I have a ton of friends, you know, whose parents, you know, looked after me and vice versa with my parents and, and my friends and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's just it was a good sense of community and I had a lot of support from the from the people back home. And um, I'll definitely never forget where I came from. How often do you get back or do you um, go around that area? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Quite often. Um, you know, I still got friends. I live in Scarborough in the area. So I, I live in Aurora actually at the moment. But, um, yeah, you know, I'm always back in Scarborough and back and forth all the time. What's your favorite part about going back into the community? Um for me, obviously seeing friends and stuff like that, but um, I also have held a, a charity ball hockey tournament back in Scarborough as well. Um, we haven't done the last the past two years because two years ago we got married and then this summer we had a baby, so um, obviously we didn't like time. That'll do a, it. Yeah, time was a little <laughs> bit short, but um, you know, always giving back to the community and what you gave gave to you and um, you know, my my mom, you know, she always put that in my in my mind that um, you know, this community gave so much to you growing up that, you know, it was only right for you um, to give back, you know, so that always resonated with me and um, you know, hopefully I did my mom proud. I think people talk to Canadians who make the National Hockey League and said, oh, you must have had a typical Canadian upbringing and you mm-hmm. played hockey all the time and maybe it was true in your case, maybe it wasn't. What did you do when you were growing up? Was it that typical, I'm on the ice, I got to play? Um, a lot of hockey. I'm not going to lie. My dad took me skating when I was three years old for the first time um, at the Scarborough Town Center. They used to have an outdoor rink right behind there, so he'd take me every Sunday. Um, you know, he'd always, you know, bribe me with hot chocolate and stuff like that. <laughs> That'll so, do it. Yeah, so it was easy. I, he'd take me there every Sunday. I'd go skating. Not Sunday, sorry, Saturday. So I'd go skating, and, um, and he actually... 
never really put his skates on ever. He always just stood on the side. And so if I fell down, it was up to me to get up. No one was helping me. And then you just go get a hot chocolate and then just put it on the side. And, you know, I'd make my way over to get my hot chocolate. And that's how he bribed me to get off my butt. Was it like one of those rink hot chocolates that's like a little watery? Yeah, that, little, You know, it's bit, like you can get yeah. a little watery at yeah, the rink. Yeah. It's not quite a hot chocolate. Yeah, so the rink was outdoor and then the concessions was inside. So he'd always like keep going missing for like a second and then look out of the corner of my eye. And then I, I, I knew what time it was exactly what was going on so so your dad never put on the skates which kudos to him yeah you're gonna have to figure it yeah. out yourself in many ways uh-huh. did he play it all though was no it- not at all i honest to god i don't know why he um wanted me to skate um my dad's from um he's from nova scotia a small town called uh, north preston so um you know i think that's kind of really where like black hockey kind of started mm-hmm. um there's a book he gave me when i was younger called black ice and it talked about um you know the hockey league that they had out in nova scotia and, and all the black people that were playing hockey out there and um you know it really opened up my eyes willie oh, i'm sorry well, i was just gonna say well yeah will you go ahead with the willie well o'reese. i was just gonna say willie o'ree story yep. is well known i presume you've had a chance to meet him on oh, many definitely. occasions yeah. uh, what was it like the first time you met him i mean having read about the history and yeah. your dad you know it emphasizing was, it it was a treat it was i was starstruck i remember the first time i met him was my first year in los angeles and um you know my agent eustace king also works with willie O'Ree, so willie came down with his wife and daughter and stuff like that and they're at the game and um, he's like, you're going to meet Willie today. I'm like, really? I'm like, because obviously that was my idol, right? Growing up, that was the first black hockey player I knew. My parents made sure I knew who Willie O'Ree was. So um, getting that first opportunity to meet him was, um, you know, it was a dream come true. And, um, you know, I've had many encounters with him since then. And um, he's just, he, he's awesome. And, um, you know, I, I wrote an article in the Players' Tribune about Willie and, um, I, I meant literally every single thing I said, you know, he was like an astronaut, you know, um, you know, the first black player to play and, you know, just getting time to getting the chance to spend time with him over the years um he hasn't changed one bit he's so jovial he's so happy and he's just like you know it's like he's 20 years old and he's playing in the nhl again he just has so much spirit when did your hand recover from the handshake because that's about as strong as you'll ever get yeah no i think it took a little bit but um (laughs) no i was just so starstruck it was awesome is there anything pivotal i mean i'm sure there's many things but that you distinctly remember from maybe that first conversation with him um you know he, he was just so down to earth you mm-hmm. know he just made me feel so welcome and um he didn't make it seem like like i don't even know if he knew the magnitude of like, like right. how like i felt when i was meeting him right so it was just such a like down to earth conversation it was it was so natural like organic and um you know, obviously, you know, he, he goes about it the right way, and it, it was amazing. You know, race is such a third rail, and I don't know why we're afraid to discuss it, but how important is it to you? I mean, P.K. Subban, another, yep. you know, black player on the team, and there are more coming into the league and, and so on and so Mike forth. Mike Greer, one of the coaches yep. as exactly. well. Exactly. Yeah. How important is it to you to see others get that opportunity, or, or do you not see? No, you know what? I, I think it's huge. To see mm-hmm. that, because if I hadn't saw guys like Willie, like obviously Greerzy, Jerome McGinley, Mike Marson, um, guys like that come up, Tony McKegney and play in the NHL, I wouldn't be here today, right? So I, I think it's important, um, you know, for me as being a black hockey player to, you know, give kids, you know, other black kids, you know, the hope, that, you know, that if I can do this, you can do this too. Um, because it's certainly something that, you know, I think hockey is an extremely expensive sport and, you know, it, not everybody can afford to play hockey, yeah. but 
if you do get the opportunity and you are able to lace up the skates, um, you know, I'm living proof that, you know, it, it is a possibility. Well, you're living proof of that because as I was doing some research for this podcast, it's not like your parents went into the high-end sporting goods yeah. store <laughs> yeah. uh, in Canada and bought the top-shelf stuff. All. It not was what, all. play against sports? Play it against oh, sports. Gotta you, love play yeah, it against sports. Can't, we, can't go wrong. Us Canadian man. kids, we yeah. all know it. <laughs> can't go wrong. Yeah, I still remember getting uh, uh, my first set of hockey equipment. It was the Friday night before I started House League. I was six years old, and we went, we went into national – or played against sports, and um, – whatever just got all equipment I didn't I didn't really care it didn't make a difference to me I went in got my equipment came out and went to the game the next day and ran into the boards about 500 times <laughs> so um yeah I know wondering was, where the hot chocolate is <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly <laughs> so yeah no it's um yeah you know obviously my, my parents didn't have the most money growing up but you know they were they worked extremely hard for what they had and um you know they gave me an opportunity to be where I am today and you know I'm, I'm extremely grateful for that does it sometimes, you know, do you kind of look at your career and just, you know, take a step back? I know you're still in the middle of it, yeah. but just say, like, look how much, like, look how far I've come. Yeah, you know what? I, I think probably the biggest thing for me was when I had my daughter in May. Um, you know, I kind of took a step back. I didn't have the last great, the last two years weren't the greatest mm-hmm. for me. And um, I was pretty injury riddled, um, you know, the last two years. And, you know, so obviously pretty down on myself and things of that nature. And then, you know, poof, here comes, you know, a little little half me half my wife right and you know I took a second to sit there and like I'm going into my 12th year in the National Hockey League um, I got a daughter now a beautiful wife um, I got my own family and to see where I, I, I've come from from when I was a 20 year old kid just just playing my first game in LA to to now 12 years later and uh, I don't even know 800 and something games later to see how far I've come it's um, it's a really eye-opening uh, thing to do you know just to take sit back and you know just kind of just digest everything that I've done. Aside from the fact that you're married and have a child, how different are you from that 20-year-old? Um, I don't know. She keeps me in check pretty good. I, <laughs> I, I would still say I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm a little kid. I like to pull pranks. I like to mess around. Um, I like to have fun with it, right? You know, you, you play hockey because it's an enjoyable sport and everything about it is so much fun, right? So um, no, I think you got to keep it loose, but at the same time, sometimes you got to be serious. But, um, you know, it's got to be fun for the most part. So you said you like to pull pranks. Yeah. What's your best prank and who'd you pull it on? Um, I haven't pulled anything here yet. Okay, no, but, but I mean like over the course oh. of your career. I want to know. I want to mm. know. What's your best <laughs> prank or what did you feel most like like you really were successful in it? Um, probably, I don't know, cutting guys' socks. Oh. Cut like their socks, the, toe the toes off? of their socks off. They go and they pull it on. Um, the best prank that was ever pulled on me, though, I, I can fully tell you the whole story. Um, we were in Washington, D.C., and um, Matt Green cut my shoe in half. And I don't think he wanted to cut my shoe in half. He was going to try to cut Kyle Calder's shoe in half. But I was sitting beside him, so I come back, and I'm a rookie, right? So I come back. And I'm, I go to put my shoe on. I got half a shoe on. And at this point, I had to go to Fort DuPont Arena because I was doing something with Donald Brashear there and the whole organization there. And I'm walking down the street, and I'm like, guys, I got like I got to go to do <laughs> something right now. I'm like, yeah, I got a half a shoe. So luckily, it was my first year in the NHL. I had a, I had a couple of dollars in the bank. So I went across the street and bought a new pair of shoes. And the guys, they laughed at me, I think, for two years straight after that. Oh, it was so funny. Is there any evidence of that? Is there a photo somewhere around? I'd love um, to see it. No, <laughs> honestly, that was so long ago. Um, like pre-social media. Even, yeah, right? exactly. There was no Twitter, no Instagram, no Snapchat, no any of that <laughs> stuff. So 
Um, yeah, <laughs> the but, podcast is the only way that story yeah, gets. Exactly. That's a great story. Well, Matt Green's a character. Yeah, he's awesome. He's, yeah. uh, he's one of the older guys. Well, not older guy. I would say medium age because he's probably about... I probably want to say around 27 when yeah. I got when I got to Los Angeles. Yeah. So he was he was a leader for our team and uh, you know a good friend of mine. I remember Zach Parisi and Travis Zajac. They played with him yeah. in North Dakota. Saint like the funniest guy you oh, never want to be around. Unbelievable! He was great. He he took us like under his wing, me and Drew Doughty and the young guys, and um, you know he'd always hang out with us and show us the ropes. So it, it was great. Now now involved in scouting still. Yeah, involved yeah, with in the LA game. Kings. Yeah, yeah, I see him around every once in a while on the road. So so give me your your memories of your first game. Uh, we play, we were playing the San Jose Sharks at the Shark Tank. Um, I remember my line started, but I didn't start, obviously. You know, you got those rookie jetters, right? <laughs> yeah. They don't want, they don't want to put you on the ice at that point. But, um, I just remember going into the corner with, um, first Joe Thornton and thinking I had the oh puck boy. and thinking I was getting the puck and then, uh, it was, you don't even want to know what happened. And then ultimately he came out with the puck and then, um, I tried the strong stick, Patty Marlowe, and he kind of just like, like forearm shivered me off and I was like all right this is the NHL this is <laughs> I'm not playing in junior anymore against 16 year old kids you know it was that was probably my first uh the best the best experience of my first game what's the most difficult player you've had to play against in your career um or I'd, that challenged you the most maybe <sighs> sorry I got the yeah got that's, you that's a tough one um I think the hardest player to probably play against a Sidney Crosby to quite, be quite honest um just because he's got such a low center of gravity and his legs are so big and he's so strong on the puck and you know if you're checking him and you go to hit him it's you can't really just try and body him because he's so strong you kind of got to contain him and you know you have a good stick and hope for one of your teammates to come over and help you well you know he's gotten that the best yeah. of a lot okay. of guys right, right? Yeah. You, so know, he, you got a lot of company not right? bad not bad player yeah, yeah not bad we're you, you've got that uh, reputation as a guy who will now go into the corner, come out with the puck, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, you had to learn uh, that took, lesson. Yeah, you right? you got to learn, though, right? Yeah. You got to learn. And makes a living front of the net, not afraid to play hard hockey, difficult hockey to play against. Was that always something that was a part of your game, or did, has that evolved over the years? No, I think that's something that's always been a part of my game. I think I've gotten, obviously, a lot better at it. You know, growing up and, um, you know, learning the subtle nuances of being able to do it. Um but yeah, um, I think ever since junior, that's the way I've played hockey. I tried to model my game after Jerome McGinley, actually. Um, you know, I just love the way he played. He was physical, always had, you know, scoring opportunities. He played in the hard areas, but at the same time, you know, he would, if he had to fight, he would fight. But, um, you know, he was just a really hard-nosed hockey player. Adam Henrique took him on in Adam's rookie year. It wasn't really much of a yeah. fight, and Jerome recognized kid you don't you, yeah. you don't want to deal with me right uh and he took it easy on adam but uh, that was adam's first fight it was uh in really? calgary oh yeah 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 and that's, like, that's, that's that yeah yeah that's crazy yeah next I time actually you asked see him adam, to fight i'll tell ricky i'll see i see you in the summer so yeah yeah you <laughs> yeah. can ask him about it so you break in with uh with la yep. and then they make that big deal with philadelphia and you find yourself on another coast another team mm -hmm. everything changes were you shocked were you saddened what was the reaction um a little bit pissed off, sad. Um, you know, it's your first organization. They draft you. Um, they develop you. Um, you know, obviously, I had a lot of great friends there. Um, I, I still actually have a few friends there now. So, um, you know, it was difficult, but, you know, I think it was probably the best thing for my career, uh, I think, to go to Philadelphia, to be given an opportunity to, you know, to show what I can actually bring to the table. Um, 
you know, in a top six role on the power play, you know, just getting that opportunity to be more of an offensive player. And in Los Angeles, I was primarily a defensive player. I played on the third line and um, was used strictly as a checking forward. Um, I actually played PK and stuff like that at that point. And um, going to Philly allowed me to broaden my game. One of the interesting things to me is that, you know, just last week or two weeks ago, I can't remember anymore, we were just in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. That was your first time coming back as, you know, since you were traded from L.A., that was the first time you played there as a visitor. And talking to some of your old teammates, Claude Giroux, um, Jacob Vorchek, who I hear you guys were were roommates (laughs) for a couple years, he wouldn't wouldn't actually divulge, like, what type of roommate you were. I asked him, he's like, oh, I'll just keep that to myself. (laughs) But it, it really struck me because just how much of an impact you made on not only that locker room, those players, but that community and that fan base. What was that moment like for you when they honored you on that board? Because you stood up, you gave your salute, and I know you're loyal to New Jersey now, but that must have been a really unique moment. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Um, You know, when you're with an organization for so long, so what? seven and three quarters of a year. Obviously, I lost like six Mm -hmm. weeks when I was traded to Nashville, but... um, you put your blood, sweat, tears, everything you got into it every single night. Um, you know, for that long a period of time, obviously you're gonna have a big connection, right? And I think especially in the community, um, you know, Philadelphia is such a diverse community. And mm-hmm. I think me being a black hockey player, um, you know, opened up a lot of people's eyes. You know, in, in that community, and um, you know, I, I did some work with the Snyder Foundation. Was actually a, a board member and. Um, you know, went out into the community and saw kids and did stuff, you know, things of that nature, golf tournaments and things like that. So, um, yeah, you know, it's it, it was great. I like I, I said it. Um, I forget who interviewed me, but I, I, I said it. You know, I was, you know, I was I was a kid in Los Angeles, but I grew into a man in Philadelphia. So I got a lot. Well, I got a lot. Um, I can thank Philadelphia for a lot. And and in many ways, it was a perfect match. I know for the most part, we'll have Devils fans listening to this, and the Devil Philly rivalry <laughs> is pretty intense. Yep. But like you're a Philadelphia kind of guy. Philadelphia is a blue collar town in the best sense of the word. Mm-hmm. Lunch pail, go to work. It's a great city, but uh, like I can imagine, the fans took to you almost immediately because of the way you play. I mean, that's Philadelphia. Getting a couple Jersey, fights, getting, yeah, getting a couple fights, it. and they love you. Yeah, no, uh, exactly. so that's kind of how I started off there. I went in there and um, obviously wanted to prove myself, right? So, um, you know, a couple goals, a couple fights, and. Here we are now. Who's the first I'm fight? A devil. Do you remember uh, who was the first fight? In, in yeah, it was David before? Clarkson, actually. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, in Jersey. I remember. That was my first fight as a flyer. Wow. I'll have to go back and check that one out. Did yeah, you I, fight Miles Wood? Yeah, of course I so, fought Miles. <laughs> I've always wondered, like, what is that like? You know, you fight a guy, it's really intense, and next thing you know, maybe it's a few years later, you're teammates with them. Like, how? Like, what is that hockey player mentality in, in that particular role to now be on the same side in a way? Um, it's fine. Um, for me, like, I don't think anything's really ever taken off the ice, right? Right. Like, you may hate somebody on the ice, but you don't know them as a person. Right. So to me, I don't think you can you can judge a person by the way they play the game because if people judge me, they would hate me forever. Like, no, <laughs> fair, no, no one in this world would like me. And... <laughs> And I'm I'm not a bad guy, right? No, so, no, um, yeah. So I, you you take everything with a grain of salt, and usually the guys that you hate the most on the ice are the guys that you get along with the best off the ice. I found. We hear well, well, Amanda. No, Amanda was telling story. Jacob Voracek wasn't going to give. Oh, he away wouldn't a say thing, Amanda. But what kind of a roommate me. are you? Like, are you are you the Oscar or Felix? 
you know, like, who's Oscar? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, see, <laughs> not either. I have no idea what you're the saying. The odd either. couple. So oh. Oscar was the kind of slob. <laughs> Felix was the neat Nick. Well, I wasn't exactly neat, but he was he was more of a slob than I was. I can tell you that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, <laughs> we usually were on the same page for most things, like uh, like sleeping time and waking up, and we we were probably late a lot together. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, you know, eventually, you know, one of us had to smarten up, and I think. Um, Who was it? You or him? Who uh, got there first? <laughs> probably me. I started leaving a little bit earlier than he did, but. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we kept each other accountable. You know, it, it's it's something that's fading from hockey. Guys have, for the most part, their yeah. own rooms now. I yeah. mean, there's yeah. still some roommates, but that was such a part of hockey culture. And I think when you tell, even fans who know that, they kind of go, really? Like, two adults share the same hotel yeah. room? Like, what's that all about? Kind of go through that dynamic because it's it's fading fast. It yeah, it's um, obviously it's a little bit different. I remember my first roommate was Jared Stoll. So I was a younger guy. I was 20 years old. Stoli was probably same age as Greener, like 27, 28. And uh, he had just got traded from Edmonton. So they obviously they would match up the younger guys with the older guys, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously keep you in line, make sure you're not doing stupid stuff. And you learn the ropes from that guy, right? So um, when me and Jakey got to be roommates, we were the same age, right? So it was, it was kind of different. And we were only roommates for, I think it was maybe three years, three or four possibly. Um, and then the new rule came in where you could get your own room. So, yeah, um, yeah it's obviously you're, you're spending a lot of time with someone and you're definitely getting, getting to know, like, they're good, they're bad, for sure, they're bad. Um, <laughs> but like, if I think you, you just you just build such a certain camaraderie with them and it's, like, me and Jakey are great friends. Like, we'll always be great friends no matter what because we spent that time together, right? So we have a kind of a bond that... You know, that I probably didn't share with anyone else on the Flyers just because we were always together. So it sounds like something's lost that won't be recovered in hockey because of the ability for the most part now. Yeah, but I think I think the guys um, right now, so if you're on your entry-level contract, right. you have yeah. to you have to share a room, right? So, um, you know, I, I think that's a really good thing, obviously, just to, like I said, to build that type of, you know, that camaraderie with, with another person on your team and, um, you know, when you're a younger guy and you're, you're first coming into, and it's like you don't really know everybody. Obviously, there's older guys who have family and, you know, wives, kids, whatever, and, you know, they di- they live in different parts of the city than you do. So it's nice to have somebody that um, you can actually relate to and uh, go through things together. What's it like coming into this particular locker room where there are so many young guys like that going through this experience for the first time who are probably leaning on guys like you to kind of help lead the way whether they, you know, verbalize it or not? Yeah, What's this room like in that respect? I think we have a really good room. Like you said, we do have a lot of younger guys. And, you know, I, I can see, like, it's a lot of fun when you're younger and, and like, you do have those roommates and stuff like that. And um, you're able to, you know, enjoy um, you know, the guy's company, his company's a lot more. Um, so it's, you, you can see by the look in guy's eyes and stuff like that, you know, how they're, how they're doing like on a day-to-day basis and things like that. And I think now that, you know, I, I'm an older guy, I kind of obviously know what they went through. So it's easy for me to relate to them and to talk to them and about like if they're having troubles or, or whatever it may be. So it's, um, you know, I, I enjoy now being an older guy and, um, getting to see, you know, what the younger guys are up to. Has your daughter been at any games yet? Yeah, she's been to two. What was that like for you, you know, talking about being an older guy now to have your daughter who was born see you, like, you know, recently see you 
play for the first time, I know she probably won't remember it. Yeah, but, but for you, it's probably more for you and your yeah, wife. Oh, definitely, hundred percent. It's it's all for me and my wife at this point right now. Um, <laughs> um, it was it was awesome. You know, she brought her down to the glass. She had her um her daddy jersey on, jersey devil's jersey on, and um. You know, for me, I went over to the glass there and tried to get her attention. I don't even know if she was paying attention to me. There's so many things going <laughs> yeah. on in the arena. But, um, you know, just to get the chance to be able to go do that. Um, I remember watching all the older guys go over and say hi to their kids and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, that'd be pretty cool when I get to do that. So now, obviously, I get the opportunity to do that, and it's pretty special. And now it's here, and you're, you've got 12 years of <laughs> yep. stripes on, you, yeah. on, your, on your jersey. So away from hockey... Who is Wayne Simmons? What does he do for fun, and what do you like? I'm a pretty simple human being. Uh, my wife would say I'm lazy, but <laughs> I, t- I, I, w- I would say we have to I, do a wives podcast. Yeah, we will. Yeah, uh, would she do? No, probably. I think she would. <laughs> I want to get all the dirt. I, out. I, I would say I like to conserve energy for practices and games. Fair enough. That's, that's the way I would put it. That's right. It, that's um, it. But um. Yeah, we're, we're pretty simple people. Um, you know, before our daughter, we'd go out to a lot of dinners and you know go to movies and stuff like that. Now, obviously, we don't have that much time on our hands, so it's a lot of staying in and cooking and you know making sure. But um, you know, our daughter brings us a lot of joy, so it's, it's been it's been awesome. How, but how does that work in July? I yeah. need to rest up, honey, because oh, I've got a season. Yeah, what, what a season. So what, it yeah, does, I mean, it's it got to be a time for you. I just had this baby. <laughs> it's like you come home from work, you think you're going to catch a nap, and then you're you, not. No, it's here. Here you go. <laughs> but which is understandable. Do you have other oh, hobbies? Um, I don't got a lot going on, guys. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a hockey player. Hockey through and yeah. through. Okay, so we had like ho- basketball. I love basketball. I have a Raptors fan? Huge Raptors fan. How awesome was that this um, year? What was so, that like for you? So I, I got to go to game five. Right? Awesome. And um, I actually, I went with a few friends, a few buddies to, to the Raptors game. And um, we sat like two rows up. There's a couple guys on the Flyers. And it was it was unbelievable. It was like, it was the best sporting event I had ever been to really? in yeah. my life. It was like, we walked out of the like the club box or whatever. And mm-hmm. we were standing and they were doing the national anthem. Steph Curry's running down the hallway. <laughs> His wife Aisha's there. He stops, gives her a kiss, keeps running down the thing, and like, we're just like, like this is like it was like we were in a movie. It was so cool. Yeah. Did you meet Drake? No, no, didn't meet Drake, but he was there. But I didn't meet him. Yeah, he's, he's always there. Yeah, he's got to be right. What was, what was it like? So I just want to talk about the Raptors for, of for course. a second here. But just this American will step should, aside. As we should. This American will no, step but, aside but, for I a mean, little bit. The impact of like a player like Kawhi Leonard yeah. on that city, even though he left. And you know, you think about like athletes who make such a big impact and then they leave for whatever reasons and they go back and to that city and they get booed. This is not a guy who's ever going to get booed, I don't think, by the Raptors fans. Uh, I don't know. I think a lot of people were bitter he left but if i were him i would have left too he couldn't even go out and get a coffee without there being right? 100 people it, yeah. around right like he landed in toronto for the meeting and they had a helicopter flying like following him right so but but just the impact of yeah his, like his impact was you know huge um you know you come in as a player and you know he didn't know if he really wanted to be there or whatever but obviously mm-hmm. he gave the city a shot and um i don't know one person who goes to toronto and you know who stays there for a couple of weeks and comes out and says they don't love it because mm-hmm. obviously it's a great city but um you know to bring a championship to toronto it's not only bringing it to toronto you're bringing it to the whole nation right you're, yeah you, it's it's canada's team so i think you know he's going to be a legend in canada for as long as he lives and forever past that time you know we've never had a championships and championship in basketball and i think it just um no it's just it was unbelievable there was to be, so much canadian pride it was I mean, unbelievable there was so much canadian pride 
But I, I, I wanted to. We'll go back to hockey so that Maddie can join. No, I'm back here. I could do the, the basketball two, the conversation. Yeah, I know you can. But I, I want you, you two can. Canadians no, to bond it really over the championship. Was because, it really was because in Montreal, where I'm from, yeah. they had Jurassic Park, Park yep. set up. And never would I ever think that Montreal would get together to cheer on a Toronto sports like team. legit no matter what it usually was they so hate crazy. each other right like, it was insane I, I really couldn't believe it um we asked miles wood this or I asked miles Wood this the last question when you're on the plane who do you sit next to and what do you do on like on uh, road trips okay so I play cards so it's oh okay we so we sit at the card table it's PK myself um Sammy yep. and, and Taylor Okay, so, so we we sit at the games? corner. I'm I'm not doing too well right now. Um, <laughs> Sammy and Sammy and Halsey are actually doing pretty well. I don't think PK's won it all either. So we might have to switch some seats up here. But um, yeah, we play cards. We play seven up, seven down, or um, schnarples. I've never heard what? of any of those. is like a Western Snarples. Canadian game. I was going to yeah, say yeah. that. Yeah, it's actually more of a Western <laughs> Canadian game. But yeah, it's Sammy, a, know it? Sammy knows how to play. Schnarples has been going on through this league for as long oh, as... Oh, really? Yeah, for as long as I've known. What are so. the basic rules of Schnarples? Um, you know 7-up, seven 7-down? Seven I don't you, know. You don't know that? <laughs> so let's start okay, there. So, let's start there. Okay, no, no, no. So Schnarples, so um, you, you get dealt five cards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of... Um, you get to call like how many you want to take. So say I have... I want to take two tricks. I'll call two. And then everyone has a chance to go over two, but you can't call two. You got to go three or four or five. So if that rides, then I get to call the suit. So I go, obviously, any suit. And then, but if I call spades, everybody has to play. I have no idea. And then you get points. I I guess you'd have to play like a tester game kind of. Amanda, if you ever see me going to the back of the plane saying, I'm going to sit at the table. Just understand. Yeah. Pull me back because I'm going to be led to the slaughter. They'll yeah. know right away. Oh, there's some easy money coming yeah, back here. But then we if can you tell him anything. If you don't get what you call, though, like you punt, so you go down five points. So minus how, five points. How does that game uh, carry over? Yeah. Um, we haven't been carrying it over lately, but just because we've only had really short trips. Yeah, we so. have. How does that happen when there's like a bunch of new? Do you guys like discuss who plays schnarples? Like, there's <laughs> like not a lot of happen? guys. So every team I've been on, there's obviously two card tables. So four yeah, guys, the, four, yeah. four and four, right? Um, but there's only four guys on our team. In our right? section, we call that the food section. We put but, food. On yeah, I know, no, but they put food know, and then they take it away and we play cards. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so it's only um, so we just have two guys at one table, two at the other, and I don't know why we're trying to get more guys to come and join the game, but no one has joined yet. Usually, yeah. it's uh, usually there's so many guys who want to play cards that it's like just the vets play, but. On our team, and we don't have that many. Well, there's plenty of time left for no, that. No, I know. I'm sure Learn guys will loosen up. Guys yeah. will loosen. You don't have to play schnarples. We can play poker. We can play whatever. Guys know how to play multiple different yeah. games. Yeah, just just make sure there's a mark that you know who's out there. You don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, kid, come on up. Yeah, we're gonna show yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the best. That's easy money. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they can always tell. Come yeah. on, Jack. Let's play some schnarples. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be like what? Looks like fun, guys. Yeah. Can I join you guys? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wayne, thanks very much for your time. It's oh, been no a blast. Problem, you know, pleasure. we told you coming in, it would be less hockey and more personality and uh, off the ice and things like that. So thanks very much for sharing your thoughts with us. Thanks, Thank Wayne. you. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Remind me. What? 
not to go. You, I, uh, I don't know if I want to play. Yes, yeah. I don't know if I ever want to play What's that game. What's it called again? Schnarples. Schnookers. <laughs> no, Schnarples. <laughs> Schnarples. You learn something new I, every man, time you listen. I don't know if I learned anything other than the name of it. He he said what the game, how it worked. I was like, no, right over my head. <laughs> I watch The Office on the plane. That's that's fine. But if I see you going back there now, oh no, I'm gonna pull you back. I'm like, Maddie, you don't have the same type of money to lose. Oh no no, I I learned a lesson a long time ago. You cannot be the guy with the short pockets. That, yeah, that's exactly. for sure. But at any rate, you know, just an engaging guy. Oh, yeah. and I think everyone got a chance to learn a little bit more about Wayne Simmons and what they see on the ice. What's great is he's just so soft spoken, right? Which is like a complete different variant of what you see on the ice. And I think, you know, he even mentioned that when it comes to like a lot of these fighters in the league. They're completely different personalities off the ice and some of the best guys that you'll ever meet. And Wayne is like that. From day one, even having worked with him, he's just been awesome. He has been awesome, and he gave us about 30 minutes of his time. We do appreciate it. That'll wrap things up on this edition of the Official Devils Podcast. We'll see you next time, everyone. For Amanda Stein, I'm Matt Lachlan. So long.